You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. never take God by surprise. We go, I can't believe this happened. Didn't surprise God. He knows the history before it happens. It's his story. God wants us aware of world events, especially as they relate to the prophetic, but never discouraged by them. I hate COVID. I can't wait to have a mask burning service. But COVID, Luke 21 verse 11, is a sign of Jesus' soon coming. In today's message, Pastor Denny will remind you of God's perfect omniscience. Omniscience is a theological term that means all-knowing, and in the context of our Lord, it means that He knows everything. Nothing can surprise God, even what might surprise you the most. Sometimes it can feel like the world is out of control. Our jobs, schools, health, or relationships might not be stable. It can feel like everything is on sinking sand. But God sees. He knew what would come, and He prepared you. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Daniel chapter 11 as he continues his message, The Prophetic Future and God's Will for Your Life. what happened. And just like Daniel 11, I'm giving it to you in summary. Some became heroes for God. Let me give you the more detail of the culmination of Antiochus Epiphanes and his wicked, wicked rule and how it cost God's people immensely. The emissaries of Antiochus erected a pagan altar at Modin. In order to show their loyalty to the government, the Jews were asked to come forward and sacrifice at the altar. The aged priest of the village, Mattathias, was asked to come forward first to set a good example for the others. Mattathias refused to sacrifice at the pagan altar. Fearing the wrath of Antiochus, a timid Jew made his way to the altar. Mattathias was enraged. He approached the altar, slew the apostate Jew and the emissary of Antiochus, killed them both. With his five sons, Mattathias destroyed the heathen altar and fled to the hills hills to avoid the certain reprisals which might be expected from Antiochus. Others joined the family of Mattathias. And history records that a rebellion against Antiochus Epiphanes began. It was a period where you had to choose to obey God rather than man, and it would cost you. During the rebellion, Mattathias passed away. But thank God for his committed sons, especially the one that took the lead for his dad. Mattathias 
had a son named Judas, Judas Maccabeus. And Judas Maccabeus continued the rebellion in honor of his dad and for the God of Israel. And God gave Matt Judas this ability. He, he really knew how to do guerrilla warfare. And though a much smaller band against a great force under Antiochus, over time, their faithfulness and their perseverance and their commitment to God. In 164 B.C., God gave them victory. They went back into Jerusalem. They got rid of all the pagan stuff associated with this idolatrous worship. They rededicated the altar, rededicated the temple, and it is a victory that's still celebrated by Jews to this day and interestingly celebrated around the Christmas season because that's when it happened. Well, what was it? Well, they celebrated it. It's called Hanukkah. It means dedication. Some became heroes for God. Unfortunately, Some became so discouraged because of the days of difficulty that they failed and they didn't move forward in faith. They just kind of isolated themselves, focused on their own well-being. And that's why God had to raise up prophets like Zechariah and Haggai. And if you read the prophets of Zechariah and Haggai that God raised up during this time, times when the, the, the people of God, instead of moving forward, they just kind of retreated. Prophets would come forward and try to instill new hope and, and faith and courage. But not everybody responded in faith. As a matter of fact, some not only remained just kind of focused on their own lives, some ended up siding with the enemy. You know, you think about Antiochus Epiphanes, and don't get the wrong idea. Most Jews didn't see Antiochus as a devil. And the record of history confirms this. A sizable number of Jews were impressed with the possibilities of greater, of greater conformity to the Hellenistic manners and customs, Greek. Antiochus used this inner dissension among the Jews coupled with his own need of funds to interfere in the internal affairs of Judea. In the early days of the reign of Antiochus IV, Jerusalem was ruled by the high priest Onias III, a descendant of Simon the Just, a strictly Orthodox Jew, committed. The Jews who looked favorably on Greek culture opposed Onias and espoused the cause of his brother, Jason. Family conflict. By promising larger tribute to Antiochus, Jason succeeded in having himself appointed high priest. To Antiochus, the high priesthood was a political office. As Syrian king, he would have the right to appoint whomever he chose. To the pious Jews, however, the priesthood was of divine origin, and its sale to the highest bidder was looked upon as a sin against God. Jason encouraged the Hellenist who had sought his election. A gymnasium was built in Jerusalem. There, Jewish lads exercised in the nude in accordance with Greek custom. The Greeks worshipped the human body. Greek names were adopted in place of the more pious-sounding Jewish names. Hebrew orthodoxy was looked upon as obscurantist and obsolete. 
Antiochus visited Jerusalem in 170 BC, and it goes on with more detail. Hebrew orthodoxy was looked upon as obscurantist and obsolete. You say, what in the world does that mean? Well, let me give it to you in terms that you may understand better. If you didn't just go along with the culture and the changing of the times, you were looked upon as a fuddy-duddy. So what does all this mean? World events never take God by surprise. We go, I can't believe this happened. Didn't surprise God. He knows the history before it happens. It's his story. God wants us aware of world events, especially as they relate to the prophetic, but never discouraged by them. I hate COVID. I can't wait to have a mask-burning service. But COVID, Luke 21, verse 11, is a sign of Jesus' soon coming. I want you to say this with me. Come on now. Say this with me. You ready? Here we go. No matter how the world changes around us, our focus should be on heaven and our priorities in life determined by kingdom causes. You know what Satan wants? He wants you to get your attention off of the kingdom of God. He wants to discourage you or he wants to bless you in such a way that you just want to go in with the world and everything the world has to offer. Either way, he's got you. He wants you. We have to accept the truth because spiritual forces are at work in the universe vying for the control of the world and the people of the world. Now, with that thought, listen, we have to accept the prophetic truth that difficult days are coming prior to the second coming of Christ. Now, we've seen this before in Daniel. It seems like God wants to remind us over and over and over again. Difficult days. Have you thought about how Daniel would have viewed what this angel communicated to him, Daniel chapter 11? Daniel would have gone, what in the world are you talking about? Daniel would have been more confused than us. Daniel would have gone, what? I don't, why do you, the king of the south, king of the north, this, Bernice, a daughter, uh, all this marriage stuff, all this intrigue. He didn't know because it hadn't happened yet. God put it there so that everybody that has a Bible can open it. And even though on the service you won't get it, you can get it through the teaching of the Word. You can get it if you're a student by buying and looking at Halley's Bible handbook and Old Testament history books. It's fascinating. Fascinating. One last point. You know, there's some things God wants to accomplish for his saints during even the most difficult days. Now, I purposely, I purposely left a couple of verses off. Go back, and, and if, you, if you act like you're paying attention, I'll let you get out of here on time. Okay, Daniel chapter 11. Look, look at verse 33. As these prophetic events unfold, listen to what he says. 
Those who are wise will instruct many. That just means those who are wise are going to tell people the truth and give them hope for the future, despite the difficult days. Though for a time they will fall by the sword, be burned or captured or plundered, that's those who in some days, in some cultures, they're going to have to give their life and and they're going to have to suffer greatly. When they fall, they will receive a little help, but not heaven yet. A little help. And many who are not sincere will join them. Many who are not sincere will join them. Listen, in warfare, one of the strategies is to infiltrate your enemy's ranks in order to pull people away. Listen, anybody that ever says to you, I'm not going to church, there are too many hypocrites there. Where else would you expect to find a hypocrite except in church? Of course there are hypocrites here. Of course there are people that aren't really saved. Of course there are people that aren't really into it. They're not really committed. Of course there are. Always has been, always will be. But you don't make them your closest friends. You don't become like them. Many who are not sincere will join them. And then catch verse 35. Some of the wise will stumble. Whoa. Some of the wise, those are the committed ones. Those are the sold out ones. They'll stumble. Why? Because of difficult days. Pause a minute. (laughs) The one figure that comes to my mind is Peter. Jesus with his disciples before the cross. He tells them the truth. Prophetically, all of you will fall away this very night. No way. And Peter says, these guys might, but I never will. I'll go to death with you. I tell you the truth, Peter. Before the cock crows three times, you'll deny that you even know me. And we know what happened. Exactly what Jesus said prophetically would happen. And it happened. Cock crows after Peter three times denied even knowing the Lord. Jesus had told Peter ahead of time because he knows the future. And here's what he said. Peter, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. He wants you. He wants you. But I've prayed for you. When you've turned back after you've stumbled, Strengthen your brothers. Some will stumble so that they may be refined, purified, and made spotless until the time of the end. For it will still come at the appointed time. It's coming. Here's what God wants to do. Each one of us, each one of us, each one of us who are committed, each one of us who is Followers of Jesus Christ, Christians. He wants difficult days to prove that you are the real deal. You are the real deal. Difficult days. Peter writes about it and he says, These trials have come so that your faith, even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine. The darker it gets, the more you're going to see who's real and who's not. Second thing he wants to do. He wants to mature us, and there's no other way to maturity. I wish there was, except through suffering. Come on now. Come on, say this one with me. James chapter 1. Here we go. You ready? Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. The testing of your faith develops perseverance. 
Perseverance must finish its work so that you will be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That means it takes time. It's not a microwave kind of thing. It doesn't happen instantly. It's a period of time, and it's tough. And with this, he wants to refine us. It means get rid of the the impurities, get rid of the things unwanted. He doesn't want us half-hearted, lukewarm, wishy-washy. Get rid of the weight that's holding you down, that in itself is not sin necessarily, but it weighs you down. It keeps you from a full commitment. And and difficult days he wants to use to refine us. Now, I'm going to leave that up for just a minute. Those of you that know me know I wanted to be a rock star. That was my dream. I still love the stories of rock and roll musicians and artists, especially those in my day. We have a mature church for the most part, and so... When I mention the band America, a lot of you will go, yeah, oh, yeah, America. But the younger people I ask, including my daughter, you ever heard of the band America? Back in the 70s, they were the band. Three of them. Three of them. They were Air Force brats. Their parents all over the world getting stationed in different places. They met as their parents were stationed for a period of time in London, England. And it was there during their high school days they formed the band. America. Their first hit that catapulted them to instant fame, a horse with no name. You're hearing it right now in your mind, aren't you? Well, I just read the whole story of America. And when I read it, it perked me to get a second book by the founding member of the band America. His name's Dan Peake. And this is the autobiography of Dan Peake. I just finished it. He had everything the world had to offer. And after coming to the place, he had everything the world had to offer. And he's a rock star, and he's got everything that went with it. He was empty. And he gave his life to Jesus Christ. His band members and the people in Hollywood and L.A., they thought he was nuts and told him so. But he left the band, and God had difficult days for Dan Peake after he made his commitment to Jesus Christ. He had his dream home in Malibu, California. He called it the White Rose. It was right there on the ocean in Malibu. He wrote a song about it called The White Rose. The fire started many miles to the east of Malibu, set by an arson, as were several others that day. The hot, bone, dry Santa Ana winds blew at 60 miles an hour in a due westerly direction, driving the growing monster closer and closer to our homestead. The Black Monday fires, as they were referred to, burned countless thousands of acres and houses and so strapped the firefighting capabilities Uh, of the L.A. and surrounding counties that many fire lines were abandoned and left to burn, the theory being that they would eventually be extinguished when they reached the mighty Pacific. Though our house was less than a mile from a fire station, no personnel or equipment was committed to the area. In fact, they were all dispatching south and north of us to contain the fire spreading in those directions, allowing the hellishly hot inferno to devour all in its path as it rushed like a burning runaway train toward the sea. I'll skip ahead. He says, I don't think I've ever seen a more depressing sight. 
the house and everything in it burned up. At the same time, I suddenly felt a sense of peace unlike anything I've experienced before or since. For the first time in my life, I felt totally free, unencumbered by stuff. It was as if I were completely a spiritual being, unencumbered by the things, or unfettered by the things of this earth. I felt as if God himself had wrapped me in a warm blanket of his love. It was as if he was confirming to me that I didn't need anything but him. That he and he alone sustained me. I had been reading the Bible voraciously and hanging around with other believers who took the Bible literally and based their worldview on its inerrancy. We are commanded to give thanks to God in every situation, the good, the bad, the ugly. A born pessimist, I found this a difficult verse to swallow. But I literally had little left to lose, so I took God at his word. It's difficult to explain, but that act of faith changed me forever. For the first time in my life, I began to look for the good in every situation instead of searching for the black cloud inside of every silver lining. Did everything suddenly turn peaches and cream? No way. In fact, the next year and a half were the hardest, most difficult times I've ever faced from a temporal and financial standpoint. But I held on to God's promises of care and protection with every ounce of my being. He wants to prove that we're genuine. He wants to make us mature. And he wants to refine us. Dan Peek put out his first Christian album. And one of his songs in those days became a Christian hit. All things are possible. God wrote the future and gave us the kind of detail to confirm for us that he knows the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. He knew the day of your birth. He knows the day of your death. And he he knows everything. He knows everything you're going to go through. He knows everything you're going through right now. Satan wants to discourage you, rob you of peace, rob you of joy, rob you of hope. Don't you let him do that. Satan wants to take the difficult days and cause you to lose faith and maybe even side with the enemy. God wants to use the difficult days for your good. Even though there are times you go, I don't get it. I just don't get it. But he does. It is a life of faith. It is a life of faith. It's not blind faith, but it is mysterious. It is mysterious. And you will find yourself in difficult days. Maybe you're in those right now. Maybe your difficult times right now is a direct result of your failure. The wise will stumble. The good news is you can get back up. 
God will cleanse you, and God will restore your peace, and God will restore your joy, and God will restore the fellowship with Jesus. He'll do that for you, beginning right now, right here. You've been listening to The Living Word, a ministry of Calvary Chapel Fellowship with Pastor Danny. Sometimes life circumstances hit hard and they can leave us wondering where God is. But rest assured, the Lord never leaves or forsakes and usually His plans are better than ours. Daniel's life is proof of that. Are you facing an unexpected or frustrating situation today? There's strength in lifting one another up in prayer and we would be honored to do that for you send us an email at info at ccfstpete.church. That's info at ccfstpete.church. Would you also pray for us here at The Living Word? As our ministry grows, we always want to make sure that we're seeking Jesus first and our ideas second. His guidance is what we need. Would you pray that we'd recognize His voice always? Thanks for praying. Do you live in or near St. Petersburg? If so, we have a special invitation for you. Pastor Danny and all of us at Calvary Chapel Fellowship would love to have you join us for our weekend services. We gather on Saturdays at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. We'd love to have you join us for our time of worship. Find out more and get directions at ccfstpete.church. Thanks for tuning in today. Join us next time to hear another message from Scripture right here on The Living Word.